Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be sitting with Book One, Chapter Three of The Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. So take a deep breath, find a comfortable seat, and make your heart ready to receive these words. Many of these beginners have also, at times, great spiritual avarice. They will be found to be discontented with the spirituality which God gives them, and they are very disconsolate and querulous because they find not in spiritual things the consolation that they would desire. Many can never have enough of listening to counsels and learning spiritual precepts and of possessing and reading many books which treat of this matter. And they spend their time on all these things rather than on works of mortification and the perfecting of the inward poverty of spirit, which should should be theirs. Furthermore, they burden themselves with images and rosaries, which are very curious. Now they put down one, now they take up another, now they change about, now change back again, now they want this kind of thing, now that, preferring one kind of cross to another, because it is more curious, and others you will see adorned with agnesties and relics and tokens, like children with trinkets. Here I condemn the attachment of the heart and the affection they have for the nature, multitude, and curiosity of these things, inasmuch as is quite contrary to poverty of spirit, which considers only the substance of devotion, makes use only of what suffices for that end, and grows weary of this other kind of multiplicity and curiosity. For true devotion must issue from the heart and consists in the truth and substance alone of what is represented by spiritual things. All the rest is affection and attachment proceeding from imperfection. And in order that one may pass to any kind of perfection, it is necessary for such desires to be killed. I knew a person who for more than 10 years made use of a cross roughly formed from a branch that had been blessed, fastened with a pin twisted around it. He never ceased using it, and he always carried it about with him until I took it from him. And this was a person of no small sense and understanding. And I saw another who said his prayers using beads that were made of bones from the spine of a fish his devotion was certainly no less precious on that account in the sight of God. For it is clear that these things carried no devotion in their workmanship or value. Those, then, who start from these beginnings and make good progress, attach themselves to no visible instruments, no, nor do they burden themselves with such nor desire to know more than is necessary in order that they may act well. For they set their eyes only on being right with God and on pleasing him, and therein consists their covetousness. 
And thus, with great generosity, they give away all that they have and delight to know that they have not, for God's sake and for charity to their neighbor, no matter whether these be spiritual things or temporal. For, as I say, they have set their eyes only upon the reality of interior perfection, which is to give pleasure to God, and in not to give pleasure to themselves. But neither from these imperfections, nor from those others, can the soul be perfectly purified, until God brings it into the passive purgation of that night, whereof we shall speak presently. It befits the soul, however, to contrive to labor, in so far as it can, on its own account, to the end that it may purge and perfect itself, and thus may merit being taken by God into that divine care, wherein it becomes healed of all things that it was unable of itself to cure. Because, however greatly the soul itself labors, it cannot actively purify itself so as to be in the least degree prepared for the divine union of perfection of love if God takes not its hand and purges it not in that dark fire, in the way and manner that we have to describe. Thank you for joining me today. Peace be with you.